time for us to bring on tonight's sports fix. Please welcome Ben Cullen. What's up, everyone? It's Ben Cullen here. Happy Friday. There's a lot going on in the world of sports, and I cannot wait to bring it to you. Welcome to this week's Sports Fix. We'll start this week with the French Open, and Rafael Nadal did not take home the silverware this year. But another familiar name did. World number one Novak Djokovic won his 19th Grand Slam title, and he did so after being two sets down. Topsy Djokovic was in deep trouble before rediscovering his energy to win. The Serbs' greater experience shone through as fifth seed Tipitas wilted in his first Grand Slam final. The victory moves Djokovic one major title behind the men's record jointly held by Rafael Nadal and Roger Federer. Having beaten Nadal in an epic semi-final, he said, it's been an unforgettable few moments for me in my life and my career. I will definitely remember these last 48 hours in my life. The tennis world now switches its attention towards Wimbledon, which is just a couple of weeks away. The Euros are around a week in, but we learned a lot just after the tournament's opening weekend. There were goals, drama and heartbreak. One of the nations hit hardest by the pandemic, Italy, hosted Turkey at Rome's Stadio Olimpico in the opening fixture of the tournament. A team devoid of big-name superstars, the Italians managed to pull off a 3-0 win. Italy have a mostly young team that's looking to win what would just be their second European title after their lone success in 1968. But a day after the Euros opened in Rome, amid hope and joy, Christian Eriksen collapsed in Copenhagen during Denmark's Group B encounter against Finland. The distressing moments that follows and doctors worked frantically to do CPR on the midfielder won't soon be forgotten. Teammates cried and fans watched in shock as Eriksen was stretched off the field. Thankfully, Ericsson is stable and the football world is incredibly grateful for that. UFC middleweight champion Israel Adesanya cruised to victory over Marvin Vittori in UFC 263 this past weekend. He retained his undisputed 185-pound title in the main event in Glendale, Arizona. The pair had previously met when Adesanya claimed a split-decision victory over Vittori in April 2018 in the Nigerian-born Kiwi's second UFC bout. But in Saturday's rematch, Adesanya showed his class with a masterful performance as he picked apart the Italian over a full five-round championship duration. Vittori started the bout in aggressive fashion and landed an early takedown, but Adesanya soon settled into his work and dominated the striking exchanges. We now welcome back to the studio Mark Farmer to discuss all things cricket and coaching. Yeah. How would you say your your coaching philosophy has changed through being essentially in New Zealand and then Europe and now here in Asia? How has that evolved over time? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I sort of... Th- thinking about that as a philosophy and how that works I mean in New Zealand it was probably not something that I really thought about I was just me and I coached and yeah. that was the way I did it and you probably replicate off some of the of, best, yeah. co- best coaches that you had coaching you and try and mimic some of the things that they did and the UK was very very different working under different coaches there and probably a, a lot more philosophical and a lot more technical in England Yeah, and I think my coaching philosophy probably went a bit too far down that route when I was in the UK and definitely coming back I think more towards my New Zealand style of trying to have a lot of fun and have a work hard, play hard philosophy but also make sure that you're 
building really good relationships because that's that's what coaching and teaching is about I think is making sure that you're building those relationships with people and that sets a really good foundation to then build build players and build environments from yeah I suppose you have to adapt as well with each nation they're a different level of athletes and you can't coach them all in the same way would you agree with that or or not so much yeah even I think not so much about the skill level because the skill levels are different everywhere you go in every environment but the um, the mindsets can be different and the approaches from athletes can be very different so you definitely have to begin to understand the environment you're in and the different cultures and challenges that you're working with and that's something I find really exciting about Hong Kong is where this melting pot of people from so many different backgrounds and absolutely um, it's a challenge but it's also a massive strength for, for our sides to come together and understand each other and um, bring those different aspects that everybody everybody's backgrounds into into one team and I don't think there's many squads around the world and teams around the world that are quite so diverse as some of our teams are in Hong Kong. Yeah, how, how does the general landscaping of Hong Kong cricket look? What are the demographics? Yeah, demographics and across the men and the women and, and as, as, as you go down the age grades, how does that look? Yeah, so I think they're quite different across the, the men and women in particular. The men, there's a huge group of players of Pakistani backgrounds and Indian backgrounds and some of them are multi-generation Hong Kong and some of them you know, moved here uh, recently. Uh, and then you have a mix of guys from South Africa, the UK, Australia, New Zealand in, in previous times as well. Through the youth boys cricket, it's, it's probably pretty similar with big Indian and Pakistani expat population as big expat Anglo population. And really excited to say that there's a, a big increase in the number of um, Hong Kong Chinese that are beginning to play the cricket, particularly That's at, the, great. at the youth level. And cricket, I think, is one of those sports that once you get sucked into it, you, it's pretty hard to get out of it and you fall in love with the game. And if we look across at the, at the women's and girls game, there's a big Hong Kong Chinese playing population, I guess, within that. Uh, and the national squad is made up of probably around at least half the squad is probably uh, Hong Kong Chinese. And then you've got a mix of people from all sorts of backgrounds, Indian, Pakistani, English, Australian, there's, yeah. you've got a bit of everything. Yeah. And the women's team, I think, is that's a real strength of theirs is the huge diversity that they have of, of people's backgrounds and heritage and where they've come from in their journeys. It um, creates a really cool environment. Absolutely, yeah. You mentioned off-air about the exciting project you've got with the, the youth system and then the men's system with the three teams. I'd like you to talk about that a little bit because that, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so we... Um, you know, the joys of COVID, no international cricket going on. We wanted to create some sport for for our um, our best men's players and provide an opportunity for playing some really competitive cricket. So we created what we call the um, All-Star Series and we got a, a sponsor, Epic Group, to sponsor that, which was which was really, really important to making that happen and create the product that we did. Yeah. Um, so we're incredibly grateful to them and their support. Um, and we created three teams, the Kowloon Lions, the Hong Kong Islanders uh, and the New Territories Tigers, kitted them out in full uniform and um, gave them their identity, drafted three teams out of the best players in Hong Kong and yeah, played played a T20 series and a 50 over series, uh, all streamed, streamed live with a three camera stream and commentators and like the women that had, you know, a huge number of views, you know, over over forty to 50,000 views for every game. And so we're now trying to replicate that 
in our under-16 youth squad. And so the under-16s, we're currently going through a process of trials and assessments of players. We will select three even teams and call them the same thing. The, That's awesome. Um, Islanders, Lions and Tigers. And they'll play a, a series and we're going to make sure we stream that as well. Aspiration to have commentary. We'll see if we have the manpower to do that. But we'll definitely be streaming that onto YouTube. So... Uh, the young players involved in that will be able to go back and watch their replays. Yeah, of course. And if they're expats, then their families overseas can tune in and watch them yeah. go out and express themselves and hopefully hopefully do well. Because it can be a brutal sport sometimes. Yeah, that's it. There's highlights or lowlights, right? Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, we're really excited about that opportunity and we'd like to replicate that with the under-13s next year when we have hopefully no COVID interrupting the season and really prov- provide some identity and a really good platform for players to get, you know, help us from a high-performance space and hopefully develop some really good cricketers that go on to big things. But equally, those sorts of environments create hopefully lifelong experiences that players can look back on fondly and learn a lot through the experience. And I'm um, sure they will. Yeah. Do you think that'll form a staple moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that we we would look to roll out every single year and make sure that we try and uh, expand it and make it bigger and perhaps introduce more age groups. At the moment, we're going to run under-13s, under-16s, and our under-19 squad um, probably won't have that same platform. We'll just select a national squad out of some internal games. Yeah. And so, yeah, that that is something that we'd like to expand on and make bigger and... um, yeah, hopefully gives young players something exciting to look up to and aspire to. And I mean, it um, sounds exciting just listening yeah. as as a purely a spectator. So I'm, I can only imagine, you know, the, the 15, 16 year old lads that want to get the kit, want to play for the Lions, you know, whatever it is, and they will definitely look back in the future and say, "I I did this, I did that." Yep. It definitely is an exciting project. Yeah, absolutely. And hopefully those identities around the teams flow on, so when they become senior cricketers, they can then get selected into those teams and. We'd look to try and get some of our uh, Hong Kong men's squad players involved in coaching that and ideally align someone that was playing for the Lions with the Lions and someone with the Islanders aligned with the Islanders as one of their coaches or mentors. Yeah. Um, That's another cool part of that. Yeah, I like it. Very good. Okay, on to the audience. We have lots of teenagers and, and young adults that are listening who are hopefully aspiring to be sportsmen and sportswomen. So we like our guests to give back to them. And I'm going to ask, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you think young athletes are making that is perhaps not often spoken about? Yeah, I don't know that I'd call them mistakes, but opportunities. And I think one of the big things for athletes especially if they're wanting to pursue something more at the elite level or really improve is the unseen things the training that you do when you're not at your organized training and you're going out and working hard and in cricket it's about hitting extra balls and bowling extra balls but that applies to any other sport is the unseen training that you go out and do um, when you're not at a normal coaching session you do those extra things good like it we've not had that advice so I'm, i'm very grateful for that mark thank you for joining us today Great chat. I would like to go on longer, but unfortunately our time is up. Good luck with everything you've got planned and and the success you've had so far. Congratulations. Absolute pleasure. Thank you, Ben. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Hong Kong, are you ready? This is the hottest ticket in the world right now. Now there is vast amounts of football on. There is tennis being played. All sports are back in action. But the Formula One is just so exciting right now. This week, My hottest ticket in the world is the French Grand Prix. Who will be leading the Drivers' Championship on Sunday evening? I cannot wait. Have a great weekend all, and I'll see you for your sports fix next week.
Join Ben every single Friday for Sports Fakes right here in the Common Room. Common Room with Alison Howe.